0: and then some. We talked about 90 degrees of change. It's one of those things that, you know, you can hardly even tell changes happened when it happens gradually, when it happens one little piece at a time. But a lot of changes happened here. We've even got our coffee bar set up now, and we've got a prayer corner after worship in here. We've got overflow for parents with small kids in the back. We added, if you didn't even know, some of you may not have even noticed, but we added 50 new chairs to this worship space about a month ago, and uh, and and it and that's the that's the idea. Is we've just changed one little thing at a time. But I think that if if you uh, went and came uh, came back after a long period of time, you might have noticed that there's a lot of different changes. This new stage, some new presentation screens, uh, fires. Apparently, uh, the fire code only allows us to do uh, this in here, but that works. Uh, TV fires. Um, but a lot of changes happened, and, and it's been the result of a lot of planning. There's been groups of people who've met together for years. Even, even four or five years ago, people had little meetings and talked about what it would look like to, to have a new contemporary worship community begin at this church. And then even before I came, there was a whole team called the Corner team that Re- Reverend Griffith would meet with. Uh, on a weekly or monthly basis, and they, they would talk about what worship would look like, what it would be like to be an Acts 2 church, to be the kind of, kind of church that would be like the original church that followed Jesus and, and responded to the good news of Jesus and shared it with everybody, just like those shepherds uh, at the first Christmas. And, and so the changes happened gradually, but the other thing that's interesting is it hasn't all happened according to plan. A lot of it has been unexpected. A lot of hurdles have come along the way, and as a result, we've had to have creative thinking in order to discover what probably is God's plan and, and, and realize that our plan didn't match up to what, God, what God's plan was. Now, even though this happened this last week, we had this uh, great Christmas Eve service plan, and we had probably 20 people in here who were all preparing in the dress rehearsal on Wednesday. And there were a lot of details uh, planned out months in advance. Uh, three or four months in advance, people met, down, met together and decided that the stage would look a little different and where people would stand and, and where all the things would happen and, and how we would get the word out with tickets like this. All of the plans uh, were talked about, and then we had the rehearsal, and suddenly we realized that the rehearsal needed to change, that there were little pieces of it that weren't going to fit the plan. And as a result, there was a lot of prayer that went along and, and a lot of conversation that took place. And, and, and we discovered that, that the thing's can still be amazing, actually even more amazing, now that we have discovered what God's plan is for what's happening. <coughs> I don't know, have you guys had a lot of uh, plans for Christmas? I asked a couple of you earlier in the service if you have a lot of plans. I know that there's some people who are flying across the country right now, and they think they have plans, uh, and they're encountering storms. And they, their plan was that they would get to a certain location at a certain time. And the storms came up this weekend. And we're not sure if other storms will come up uh, so that planes can't take off on time. Am be getting you a little nervous if you're traveling? But, but they discovered that, that God had a different plan for when they would arrive. And that their plan was not the one that the world operates by, but it was actually God's plan. You may have a plan. Everybody's going to smile around the dinner table. And all of the people at the dinner table are going are gonna to be so polite and perfect. And no one's going to be sick. And, and, and everybody's going to uh, just listen to each other. It's going to be nice and quiet. They'll just be doing this back and forth. You know, oh, that's a good point. I remember that. Yeah. There, there won't be a single argument at your Christmas, uh, Christmas uh, celebrations. There won't be a, everybody will just be smiling. It'll look a lot like a, a, a magazine, a Martha Stewart magazine. Yeah. Everything will be perfect. We do like to plan out our Christmases, but you know what? Uh, It can be assuring when we run into problems, when we run into an argument, or we run into something that just doesn't fit the plan that we thought would happen, to know that the first Christmas didn't go according to plan of Joseph and Mary at all. That it was way outside of what they had planned. They had a very different plan for where they would be uh, at the time uh, that Jesus came into their life. And we're going to study that story today. And so, I, I encourage you. We're going to, uh, if you'd like to read from your Bible, you're welcome to do so. Um, if you uh, want to read off the screen, you can do that as well. And uh, I'm going to just read out of my Bible, um, and listen to these words that are a historical account. They're they're the historical words um, preserved. Uh, if you ever want to talk to me about how accurate these words are. I I'll, I stake my life on the accuracy of these words. I'm, I'm building my entire life on the accuracy of these words, and, and the amazing thing is that there's, there hasn't been anything that has undermined them yet. That every time that they find a discovery of an older document that's closer, you know, closer to the actual very first written piece, it's it's just as exact. They realize nothing's changed; that they kept it and preserved it exactly as it was. So, I, I'm I'm saying, lean on this. This is this is the this is the truth. So listen to this. It says in Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah, and if you have these Bibles, it's on, uh, it says it's on page 4 in the New Testament. So that tells you where it's at, right? In, the, in this second part of the Bible. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet so many years before. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son. And... He named him Jesus. As you can see, the first Christmas had its share of stress. And chances are that your perfect Christmas, your perfect Martha Stewart Christmas is going to have some unexpected interruptions. And I'm going to offer a couple of survival tips for you in the next couple of days when you encounter some obstacles or you encounter some problems along the way. The, The first of these survival tips is that is that Joseph and Mary had been planning a wedding and, until God told them to prepare a nursery. Think about that way. They were planning this elaborate wedding, and God told them to prepare a nursery. So that means that the, the first survival tip is expect that even your best laid pl- plans, even the perfect plans that you've put in place, can be interrupted. If, if it can happen to Joseph and Mary, then it can happen to you. So expect that your plans can be interrupted. Uh, The Hebrew marriage had two stages to it, by the way. Uh, The first one was called kiddushin. And we might think of this as the engagement part of the marriage or the betrothal part of the marriage. But it's a little different in those days. The engagement or the the kiddushin uh, was when the the couple was actually legally married at that point. It was technically a legal marriage. But they didn't live together and they did not consummate their relationship. And the kiddushin could last as long as 12 months and it was a time to test the fidelity, to test the integrity. I'm sure there was something to do with to make sure that, uh, make sure that there weren't any other babies on the way that, they, that were unexpected. They wanted to make sure that, uh, that there was also some loyalty and faithfulness in, in the marriage. And so this was a period of, of testing. Um, and then, in order to break off this type of engagement, the kiddushin, uh, you had to get divorced. It was not like today where you just say, let's call it off, you know probably wasn't such a good idea. We realized that this engagement wasn't so great. No, you actually had to ask for a divorce. So then the second part of the marriage was called the hoopah. Can you say with that? I just love that word. Hoopah. 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 Yeah, it was the hoopah. And that was the marriage ceremony of, itself. And I think that's got to be where we get the word hoopah. Uh, the, hoop, the hoopla, maybe. Uh, but it was a big hoopah. I think that sounds fun. I'd want to go to a hoopah, wouldn't you? Um, Joseph was planning on marrying his sweetheart. Um, he was looking forward to the hoopah. He was drawing up house plans. He was picking out the wall colors. Um, that's apparently what they did back then. The guys they carved their uh, they carved their marriage bed. This, that would have been one of the things that he would have been done. This this is this is big plans that Joseph had. He had big plans for his hoopah. Mary was planning too. She was uh, she was planning out an elaborate wedding ceremony. She was picking out the china she was finding the perfect lingerie for the honeymoon she had big plans can you imagine a 15 year old mary going up to a 20 something year old joseph and just when joseph is showing the floor plans and the wall color she says honey we need to have a talk (coughs) and then he looks and thinks oh no what is it and she says i'm pregnant Short of divorce or dismemberment or some other thing happening in one of our lives, uh, or death, we can't really imagine our life turning upside down quite as much as Joseph and Mary's life turned upside down for that Christmas. I'm ge- guessing, and some of you may have that, um, but this is not. This is a radical interruption in their in their um, Christmas plans. And if God again interrupted Joseph and Mary's Christmas plans, then He's just as likely to interrupt our perfectly laid plans. And in a way, we can take some comfort in that. We can make plans on top of plans on top of plans. But our plans may not be what God has planned for us. Think about it. Our plans versus God's plans. Which one do you think is going to ultimately win out in the end? God's plan. As some of you know, Danielle, my wife, uh, uh, my wife and I, uh, we had found out or discovered before we were engaged and before uh, we got married that there would be literally no chance that we could ever have children. Um, so we went into the engagement, we went into the into the, into the marriage with a certain expectation in a certain plan. We were prepared. We knew what the future was going to be for us, and so we uh, actually had gone and started doing some um, adoption. Um, investigation we went to an adoption conference and 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 we had you know we were at that point where we were just about to get the paperwork and fill it out and uh we were trying to figure out which agency to go with and things like that and then just uh three days after we went to this adoption um conference at saddleback church it was uh it was a conference about adoption we discovered that danielle was pregnant with ella our first baby girl And then we felt so blessed that we decided it would be so fun. I mean, maybe it's possible for us to have another kid. So when we moved to San Marino, we made an appointment right away. We thought, this is going to be exciting. We made an appointment with an in vitro specialist. you know what this is? This is a surgical procedure that is pretty much your last resort uh, if you know that it's nearly impossible for you to have kids. So you go and you meet with the specialist, and they tell you if it's possible to have kids. And... Three days before the appointment that we had set, Danny came and said that she was pregnant with our second child. See, your best laid plans are subject to interruptions. And like Danielle and my story, uh, it's not entirely a bad thing when things, it's not always a bad thing when things go according to God's plan. The second survival tip that can help us get through the most wonderful time of the year uh, right, it's kind of tough to get through this wonderful time of the year, uh, is the, to try to take, try to get God's take on the interruption. So the interruption comes. Um, Joseph really could have blown this one. He could have really messed up. His knee-jerk reaction was to divorce Mary. Joe, jo, as as you might want to call him, he could have embarrassed <laughs> her. He could have disgraced her socially. He actually could have even called for her execution if that's if something he wanted. But he chose a different path he chose to divorce her quietly and to leave her some dignity and, and to try try it was it was the best course of action that he could possibly he must have you can imagine him making those pro and con lists mm, should I do this should I do that And then he came to the thing that he thought was this was the best plan that he could possibly come up with. Then Joseph or Joe got God's take on the matter and as a result of responding to God's plan, he got the opportunity to name Jesus, as we read in this story. He got the opportunity to raise Jesus, uh, raise God's only son. And he had the opportunity to marry his sweetheart. Consider God's take when you run into the interruptions of your life. And some of them, I know, can be real big pain. But consider God's take on the interruptions. And sometimes all we see are these dashed plans and sometimes all we see are these mixed up problems and these things that we had planned and, and disappointments and failures. But here are three words that I would like to give you to try to remember as you're encountering this interruption in your life that I can pretty much guarantee you there will be an interruption. First of all, pray. Pray for courage. Pray for wisdom. Pray for guidance. Pray for God's truth in your life. Pray. Pray. Connect with the God that spoke to Joseph and and helped him find the better plan for his life. The second thing is to find some perspective. You know, it's easy to put $100 worth of worry into a $5 problem. Have you heard that before? Put things in perspective. Take a step back. And the third thing is providence. Know that God is in control. He still has the hairs on your head numbered. Nothing can happen to you without God knowing it. Finally, in our life, things will not go as expected. And chances are your Christmas plans are going to be messed up in some little way or another, or maybe even a really big way. And if we look at these two survival tips, we can possibly get through the most wonderful time of the year. A, expect your plans to be interrupted. Nothing is off limits to God. And B, get God's take on your interruptions. When God disrupts your plans, he's trying to accomplish his plans. I hope that you see your dashed Christmas plans, the the things that don't go according to, to your plan, as an opportunity for Christian growth. You have a choice. You can let your plans surprise you, ruin you, disappoint you, throw you off track, or you can realize that your plans may not be God's plans, and that God is working His plan when He interrupts your plan. Let's pray, dear Jesus. Thank you so much for the powerful, uh, powerful testimony in Scripture today. Thank you for the way in which Joe or Joseph and Mary were willing to open themselves up to Your plan in their life. We pray that as we step out from this space today, that we would be willing to. Response to your voice in our life and to and to adjust our plans so that they would match your plans so that we would live according to your will in our life lord we thank you for the opportunity to uh, to come here and worship you and to meditate on the extraordinary things that happened so many years ago we also do pray for this christmas eve service that's happening in only two days in this space we pray for the people that will be coming to church, some of them for the first time all year, some of them for the first time in their life, so that they can discover you, so that they can come to know you. We pray that you would wake them up, that you would help them to understand your plan in their life, and that we would be your hands and feet to them, welcoming them and embracing them as they come into this space, that they would truly sense and feel your love. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people say. Amen. Let's stand together as we continue to celebrate this Christmas and sing with joy. Joy to the world.